Welcome everyone to episode 22 of The Geeky Juans. I'm your host for today, Steven. On this episode, we talked to actors Kevin Porter and Joe Barra a day after BatCon, the biggest gathering of Batman fans in the Philippines. We talked about a variety of things from sports to wrestling and even music and much more. Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Geeky Ones Podcast. We have a very special episode today with Mr. Kevin Porter and Joe Barra. Hello. Woo. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Good, so, how are you? Okay, so we're not going to do any like, super formal celebrity questions or whatever because we've already done that yesterday. How are you guys? I'm are good. Uh, we're just uh, getting uh, acclimated still to the 15-hour uh, time difference. Yes, uh-huh. it is a big time difference. Yeah. But luckily, the second that we got here, we've been on the go. Mm-hmm. So we haven't really been able to rest and give into the jet lag. Right. Yes. So we got a okay. eight night's sleep last night. <laughs> it was night. so good. Okay. And um, we're ready to go today. All right. So anyway, I'm going to take you guys to Kenny Rogers after. I'm so excited exactly. for Kenny Rogers. I mean, is it your thing or is it your thing? Well, I, the funny thing is, uh, yeah. Joe's never been to a Kenny Rogers roaster. Uh, oh, Joe's wow. like 12th. And so they were, uh, they're all closed before he was born. Oh, okay. They were all over Florida, and, um, and they're good. However, Joe knows Kenny Rogers Roasters from its significance in, um, in a specific Seinfeld episode, uh-huh. so they reference it uh, prominently. Yeah. And uh, that's why Joe wants to go. And okay. I, I have to stand by the food. The food is great at Kenny mm-hmm. Rogers Roasters. Okay. Joe wants to go there. Yeah, he wants to eat, but mainly get a picture of the sign. Am I wrong? You're not wrong at all. <laughs> Honestly, the food is just a bonus. Uh, yeah, I'm more excited to get a picture with Kenny Rogers Roaster. So. Okay, because yeah. I think um, I think I don't know, with all the restaurants here, they always like slightly modify it to the Filipino taste. Yes, so it's yes, a bit sweeter, a bit smaller. Um, you guys tried Jollibee right last night? Or Love Jollibee. Yeah. Love the Jollibee. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, like um, they have chicken and rice, um, chicken and spaghetti. Did you guys try that? The spaghetti. We tried the spaghetti. I did try yeah, the spaghetti. Yeah, spaghetti. Sweet, right? spaghetti. Yeah. yeah, very sweet. And I gotta yeah. say, in America, they yeah. don't have spaghetti in fast food chains. They don't. No, no okay. they don't. All right. So when we first saw McDonald's advertising yeah. spaghetti, we both looked at each other and we're like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, the only time you're gonna get rice at any type of fast food uh, chain yeah. is uh, Panda Express. Or, yeah, if you go to oh. any like you know, Chinese or Japanese. Yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta have, a, have an Asian. Sorry, is it keeping yeah. the shoes off? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, right. of course. He's so, taking the shoes off. He is taking, it's, it's that kind of podcast. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's like sexy music playing in the background. All right, I'm, I'm taking my shoes off now. <laughs> my shoes were already off. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I um, it's actually weird because um, Panda Express is gonna be franchised by Jollibee here. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, they're gonna open it, um, I think in November. Wow. Yeah, it's like, um, that's my guilty pleasure. I have Panda Express probably once or twice a month. I, yeah. um, I rent a movie. Mm-hmm. I'll go home and I'll get the orange chicken. Yeah. So good. With the uh, fried rice. Oh, and I'll sit there and I'll watch my movie. All oh. by myself. Turn on the lights out. Just that's relax. what JP's doing on a Friday night. <laughs> Sounds like a great Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not really? No. It's kind of a sad, lonely Friday, Jeff. Aw. It's sad. Sucks, man. That's all right. Mm-hmm. I'll call you next time. Yeah, let me know. I'll, I'll join for the Panda. And we'll watch Rocky. <laughs> oh, one yes. of the Rockies. Which one? 
I uh, Rocky Balboa. That's my go-to. I do want to watch Rocky Balboa. Yeah, yeah. I go from one Rocky one to Rocky Balboa. Mm-hmm. Well, those, are, those are the two best, probably. Yeah. What about your thoughts on Creed? Like, were you a fan of it? Uh, I was a fan of Rocky Balboa within Creed. Okay. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the character itself. I, uh-huh. I don't know how deep mm-hmm. or nuanced the character is. I think Michael B. Jordan's. Um, I think he's a good character. Yeah. He yells a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. He's angry, but he's a good angry guy. The Killmonger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, Sylvester Stallone, <clears throat> who was um, nominated for an Oscar yeah. for Creed, um, should have won. And it's just a character that he plays so well, and it's a character that you can just go back and watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the testament of a true, beautifully written character and someone that really un- understands the character driving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, for me, like watching Creed, yeah, good movie again. Like Michael B. Jordan, of course, a great actor. Yeah, but I was just more drawn to Rocky story. Rocky story, yeah. Drawn more drawn to seeing what Rocky's up to and mm-hmm. how he's dealing with you know life, obviously post Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Post, uh, post Adrian. Post, oh, uh, yeah. I know. And the thing is, the thing that I love about the Rocky character is the same thing that I loved about um, Logan. Oh, and it's, it's a man. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a man that's kind of <clears throat> towards the end of, of his journey yeah. and reflecting and with regret and things that he can change mm-hmm. and if he could change and changes that he, he can make right now that would af- affect the years that he has left on this earth. And I think that's it's been told that way. Um, Stars born. Oh. Uh, Bradley Cooper's character is mm-hmm. that. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges. Uh, it's just these are beautiful characters, and and that's how Rocky is. Mm-hmm. He's you know he's coming to to the end of the road, and he sees it, and he's reflecting mm-hmm. on the decisions that he's made made in the the people that are no longer in his life outnumber the people that still are. Oh. It makes you wonder what you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. That really is like a big reality check. Yeah, it is. It is. It's insane. All right. So what about? Okay. What about not? Let's not go to any more movies because I think you guys work in the film industry, so I'm sure it's like a very like everyday thing for you guys to talk about. Yeah. What about you know uh, your other interests? Like Joe likes wrestling. You like sports. Like how do you guys start? <laughs> it's, it's tough to talk about um, American football, yeah. NFL football here, knowing what the what the audience may be. Yeah, that's how, fine. How big is American football here? Not very. Five <laughs> NFL teams. Okay. Here the, we go. The Broncos. Broncos, good Denver, Texas. I can't remember the Texas team. I just don't think that. Wow, the we owner. ended with one. We ended with one. The Broncos, the Chargers. Chargers. There you go. Um, I was going to say the Dodgers, but that's baseball. Yeah. <laughs> see, yeah. That, that, um, you're proving my point. To be fair, uh, the Pats. The Pats. Patriots? Yeah, Patriots. Because they're winners. Because they're winners. The Giants and the Jets. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect. There (laughs) you go. Now, uh, Joe, you named five more. Five other ones? Five other ones. To add to that? Yes. And Joe is uh, as American as you can get. Oh, yes, I am. Okay, here we go. So you got the uh, Dallas Cowboys. There we go. I forgot their name. The Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, the the Green Bay Packers. Okay, Packers. Yeah. Um... uh, uh, you named the New York team, so good luck. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you, yeah. you took my two teams. Um, oh, the Rams? Yeah, all right. The Rams. Rams. Oh, oh, wait, they're LA now. Yeah. yeah, they are. Oh, man, I've been yeah. so out of touch. Two more. Two more. you got to beat the Filipino. <laughs> oh, I'm digging deep. We're, this we're, we're not college five, teams, are we? Oh. Four. Three. There's like 32 oh, teams in the league. Atlanta. Oh, Joe, tapping out. Joe, you let ah. the Filipino beat you. <laughs> I let the Fil- but he, he took my teams. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I had the Patriots, Jets, and the Giants on the yeah. line. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, you took all of those. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> so <laughs> then, again, 
Yeah. Um, so we we can talk about sports and football all day. Yeah. Well, to he me, can. it's a pastime. Um, I played sports. I played football yeah. my entire life up through college. I played okay. for my college. Oh wow! And nice. um, it's just I can't wait until fall. I can't wait until midsummer when I start seeing all the football teams going back to camp. Oh yeah! And I get very excited. And it's a year long activity because you've got the combine. Yeah. Which that's where all of the the athletes go to be tested by yeah. the teams. And you've got the draft, and you see where all of the rookies are going. Yeah. And then you've got all of the OTA, the organized um, team activities. And then you've got pre, uh, preseason. Now we're, we're in full swing. We're almost halfway through the season. Oh. It's incredible. So basically, like when, because right now, like it's almost the World Series. Mm-hmm. It's like October, right? Yeah. Something like that. And then the other sports are starting. And then the NFL is starting. NFL is starting as well? Like around yeah, NFL to me is. is <clears throat> That's the big monster. Mm-hmm. That's the, the Godzilla of, yeah. of all sports. Yeah. And baseball used to be our pastime, but it's definitely um, take, been taken over by uh, football. Football's oh. bigger, faster, meaner, stronger. Yeah. Um, it's more violence. Yeah. And it, it's, it, they look like action heroes. They look uh. like the Avengers out there playing because mm-hmm. it's similar colors and they run faster oh, than human beings and they jump faster than human beings, jump higher. And uh, in this society to where we're basically trained to be attracted to colorful spandex. Mm-hmm. And we watch them on the screen, and then we watch our football players. Because that's, they wear colorful spandex, and they have superhuman abilities. And I'm, I'm drawing the parallel between the two. I see. So it's kind of like, like how Nike now, like they have like the, I think Nike's the one handling the jerseys now for the NFL, I think. Yes, it is. Yeah, so like I think ever since Nike took over, it's like suddenly all the... Um, all the jerseys are changing. Mm-hmm. Like it's all like they're really experimental now. Almost like you know how comic book characters are changing. Yeah, looking at keep on changing the costumes and everything. Yeah, and people forget. Yeah. And I, I, I talked to Aaron and Sean, the yeah. Shonkies from Bad the Sun. Yeah, and they're big football fans as well. Mm-hmm. And whenever we get together, all we talk about is um, is football mm-hmm. and music. Oh. And you've been there, and Joe gets really quiet when we talk about that. <laughs> I think it really quiet with the football parts. I can't really. I know. Okay. We find it cute because we're like, okay, Joe, now. <laughs> How many? How many points for a safety? <laughs> what he said sounds so foreign to me, to me as well. Yeah. I'm gonna guess <laughs> three. Okay. How many points for a is field that, goal? Is that correct? Oh, well, how many points for a field goal? Is it a touchdown like seven or something? Okay, let's go with that. How many points for an extra point? What does that mean? One. Okay. Um, yeah, so an extra point. What? Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm so confused. <laughs> that's all right. Um, but uh, what was I saying about uh, talking to Shonkies? And, you, talk, uh, you guys talk about football music a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I was going with it. I see. I, I was going somewhere with it. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Um, it's something that we love talking about. Yeah. It's uh, something that brings the, the sense of community together. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I love it. My Sundays are on lockdown. Oh, so if okay. you need to find Kevin at 10 o'clock in the morning, Pacific <laughs> Standard Time, he will be at a sports bar yeah, yeah. eating eggs. Or like a breakfast burrito because we're so mm-hmm. close to the border, yeah. and watching the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New Orleans Saints. Oh. Dang, those two teams I could have mentioned. Yeah, you know, but Jacksonville, you didn't. New Orleans. But you didn't. Nope, nope. Speaking, that one got you there. <laughs> speaking of what? Speaking of New Orleans, um, yeah. I always get confused. I always get confused about the pronunciation. Is it New Orleans or New Orleans? Okay, it's three. It's New Orleans. Yeah. It's New Orleans. It's Nolans. 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 Yeah. The so, um, yeah, I think that if you are studying and you're not from there yeah. and you're a visitor and you're reading up on it, it's New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're generally within the southern region, yeah. it's uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Um, 
we get the further south we get, we get a little lazier with our English. Oh, okay. so we don't really um, we don't enunciate as much uh -huh. because you, you can break it down to syllables: New Orleans, Narlands. Yeah. Narlands. That's two syllables. Yeah, yeah. Or Narlands, <laughs> and then we kind of ramp into it, so that's like a slur of a syllable. Uh huh. Narlands. All right. Narlands, <laughs> and then we just say forget it, forget the first word. <laughs> Let's replace it with an N. <laughs> Um, I think the I think the proper way to say it is New Orleans. Mm, okay. um, but then if you're from there yeah. or on the outskirts, you say New Orleans. Mm -hmm. But if you're hardcore Cajun, you say Nolens. 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 I've heard it say like that when I was down there. Nolens. Oh, Nolens. Man. Yeah, I was just there. I was blessed to have spent um, three months there, mm -hmm. uh, March, April, and May, shooting Salvage Marines. Oh, uh, yeah. The series. So, yeah, like Instagram, yeah. yeah. So, so <clears throat> excited for that to come out. I play a, um, a space commando that kills aliens and takes place in the future. Mm. Doesn't that sound so cool? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. It's like our generation Star Trek. Oh, nice. I play this um, mm -hmm. mean, tough commander um, yeah. by the name of uh, Marsters, Win mm -hmm. Marsters. And it's with, um, it's with Casper Van Dien, oh, wow. uh, Peter Shinkoda, nice. um, uh, Jennifer Van Dien. It's a great, great cast. And actually, uh, Joe came out. I did. I oh, Joe, Joe, was, Joe was cast nice. Nice. as well. Mm -hmm. And he plays an ensign. Yes, I do. Yeah. So there's no NDA for that, right? Like, we're allowed to talk about that. Sure, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Anyway, so, so you're from New Orleans, and then you from New York. Yes. What was it like growing in New York? And then, like, you, did you expect to ever, like, you know, be doing all these internet YouTube videos? And no. Stuff? When I grew up in New York, I grew up in a simple upstate town. Mm. So uh, a lot of greenery, a lot of yeah. scenery, a lot like of trees. Rochester, something like that. Yeah, uh, actually, really close to Rochester. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew up nice. near Poughkeepsie. Oh, wow. So nice, nice. a lot of that, like snow and heavy mm -hmm. snow in the winter and mm -hmm. hot summers. But it was fun because my dad worked for the train, so I was in Manhattan oh, all the nice. time. Nice. And I ended up going to college there. Mm -hmm. And initially, my life just grafted more towards this field of film and entertainment. Mm -hmm. and I never even, I never foresaw myself even making it out to Los Angeles. Oh, really? Because that's where all my family and friends are in New York. Okay. But when the opportunity presented itself, yeah. that's just, that's life calling to me mm -hmm. to take that risk. And I kept thinking about the risks that my grandparents took when they came to America. Yeah. And how my risk is a lot, like, less than that. Because mm -hmm. I have a cell phone. Yeah, that's I can true. always call my family. So that's yeah. what prompted me to make that jump. What, so how, like, how did your paths converge? Like, you know, you're from New Orleans, you're from New York. How did, like, end up just converge? That is a so, great story. Like, how did that happen? Um, well, I've been, I, I've been blessed to, to be doing what I'm doing and on my career path for a very long time. Mm -hmm. and, and received a measure of, of success that mm -hmm. I've been very blessed and work, worked hard for. And so with that uh, comes um, visibility. And I was working out one day at Gold's Gym in North Hollywood. Yeah. And I think I was done and I was sitting in the front maybe waiting for someone. And then this uh, kid comes up and says, uh, I remember I was sitting on the bar stool yes, right, right in the front by the front yeah. door. And he goes, you're Kevin Porter. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I am. And he says, I'm a big fan. And I said, well, thank you so much. Thank you. I don't even know why I say thank you because it's not, it's not a compliment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like when somebody comes up and says, oh, you're so tall. I, I say, thank you. It's not a compliment. No. Yeah, it's, not, it's just an observation. Mm -hmm. And so he said, I'm a big fan. I said, thank you. And um, I, I think I stood up and gave him a hug. Actually, I also said, you know who else is here? Do you know who John Carroll is? He's like, yeah, it's Wolverine. I think I have to introduce you to yeah, John. Yeah, you did. Oh, wow. John that yeah, so nice. I brought him over, and John was over there, and John's huge, and he's a beast, and he's a monster. I introduced him to him, to John as well. And from 
you know, from that point, I would see him every once in a while. Hey, buddy. Hey, good to see you. What's your name? Jim? Joe. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just, I would never forget your name, Joe. <laughs> I know, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> and then um, one day I get a text from John Carroll, Wolverine. Yeah. Monkey of Steel. And it says, is this you? And it's, um, it's a wallet where um, where I was I was my face my the image of me as Batman is on the wallet oh, and wow. how that came about is Warner Brothers came across that image online and acquired the rights of it uh, from myself and Batman's son because it was it was an honor mm-hmm. and whenever someone wants to make a lunchbox or make a T-shirt they go through a thing called a style guide and they pick out whatever images is provided to them by Warner Brothers and these are all approved images mm-hmm. and then they they acquired the rights to this just with their style guide and this wallet company like the image of me as Batman mm-hmm. put me on the wallet wow and nice. so yeah and it's approved sold at Spencer's residuals gifts. and everything oh yes <laughs> no oh, oh that's why I shoot my head man <laughs> okay yeah. yeah I know I know if I wanted I know. to say no I would have said no <laughs> I know I know. Do I need to do this with my finger in my mouth <laughs> damn alright well no I don't get any residuals oh from man that sucks Jeez. okay that sucks oh shit oh, that's right Mike fell. All right. Sorry about that. So um, <laughs> I get a picture, uh, yeah. a text, and it says, is this you? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. It's on the wallet. It's him holding the wallet. And yeah. I'm very familiar with it. And he said, um, Joe has it. Oh. And I said, I'm on my way. <laughs> and then you pick up the store from there. I didn't believe him. Wow. Like John's like, yeah, Kevin said he's on his way. I'm like, okay, okay. whatever. That's, uh, that's fine. <laughs> so I'm working out. I see just Kevin going to the gym. Like, I'm looking. <laughs> and he's like, you have my wallet. And we talked for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And this was the weekend before SDCC. Oh, man. And he gave me this. I'm like, listen, here's my number. Text me when you're in San Diego. But let's meet up. And I was like, okay. So at this point, I was still just a fan yeah. of not only Kevin's, but of Bat and the Suns. Mm. And I'm like, my gosh, I'm going to hang out with Kevin Porter at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I didn't text him, though, because... Okay. Um, San Diego Comic Con is just so hectic. I figured he had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I was also down with my friends, so I'm like, let me just wait till after the con. So I said, I wanted to work out one day. Yeah. And he said, sure. Didn't we go to the counter? We did. We went to the counter. Had some burgers. Mm. And to my surprise, he's like, sure, when? So one day after a workout, we went to the counter. Yeah. Had a great lunch and just made that kind of like a tradition, kind of just having lunch every now and then. Oh, nice. And then Kevin was starting his acting class. About a couple, like, two months after that. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that on Instagram, I asked him, like, could I please be a part of your class? He said, absolutely. And the friendship just evolved ever since. Oh, such a nice story. What I I always, and I I give presentations to people that are new to the industry, and I tell them um, to surround themselves with good people. Surround themselves with a fortress of positive warriors that don't let any of the negativity get to you. Yeah. And when I see someone as good as Joe, whether he's... 24, 34, 44 is someone that you want around you. Yeah. Because first of all, I always tell Joe, he reminds me of why I got into this industry. He's wide-eyed. He's excited. He, he's a believer. And as you mature through life, you trade innocence for wisdom. You have to, give, you have to lose your innocence to gain that wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, you have to get knocked around. You have to skin your knees and you have to learn. Learn what to do and what not to do, um, more importantly. Mm-hmm. And can innocence and wisdom coexist? And that's something that I've been thinking about a lot over the last, maybe the last year. Mm-hmm. And so with Joe, I'm like, you know what? I would love to, I would love to infuse the wisdom into Joe and keep his wonderment of how life, life works. Yeah. 
and he's he, he's he reminds me of me when I was when I was his age and just believing that life is good mm-hmm. and I believe that as well I absolutely believe it but but I've been around and I've peeked behind the curtain and I've seen the the man pulling the strings and some things you just can't unsee but it makes me better because I have seen them mm-hmm. I know the trappings to yeah. avoid and if I can if I can have Joe avoid those trappings without having to peek behind the curtain, yeah. then my job is, is done. Oh, wow. Very wise words. That's the nicest thing I've yeah, ever said. it really is. I was <laughs> like, oh, so yeah. touch. But he's absolutely right. Like, one of the things I learned when I first moved out to L.A. was surround yourself with good people, positive people. Because L.A., as great as it is, it can be very cutthroat, mm. very harsh. Um, and at the point when I met Kevin, I graduated a year before, so I was in it. I was tr- struggling actor, trying to make it. Um, and I remember it was just, I was like, man, this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. And I believe everything happens for a reason. Meeting Kevin in the gym was exactly what I needed. Cause since meeting Kevin and taking his class, suddenly I'm on set with Bat in the Sun. Yeah. And then suddenly being on set with Bat in the Sun, I'm on set with Jason David Frank. Oh my God. The Power Ranger who I've watched since I was a kid. Wow. To suddenly, you know, meeting all these amazing people. Yeah. And when I trace it all back, I can trace it to when I introduced myself to Kevin at the gym. Saying, hey, are you Kevin Porter? (laughs) Oh, man. um, Joe deserves all of this because Joe's a good person. not just at heart, but um, in his entirety. And he, um, he deserves that. And for me to bring him around to, um, to BatCon. Yeah, yeah. I knew that he would represent me well. He would represent Bat and Sun well. And I was overjoyed that people started to recognize him from the videos and from his online presence. Nice, And nice. so he, his career is just taking off. And I told him, like, get used to this because... You are what the people need, and it's just, it's kindness, it's talent, um, and you make the people feel good when you're around them. Ah, thanks, Kevin. Nice. Oh, you're welcome, Joe. Let's hug it out. (laughs) They're pretending to hug right now. (laughs) Damn, (laughs) why are you doing that again? Oh, man. That was a fake hug. That was a fake hug, but it sounded real. Yeah. Wow, we did the double tap. But it would have sounded real. Yeah. I think I believed it. I think they believed it until somebody <laughs> spoiled it. That was the worst. I don't, I don't Again, it's going to be like super casual and I stuff. I don't trust yeah. you. I don't trust you We're anymore. We're going to be shooting the breeze. Yes. We've, we've lost the advantages of having a mic now. Yes. It's just like when we say up, up, and away, he'll say, he's not really flying. Uh, like, listen, they're still on the bed. They didn't they're, just, they're just faking it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of like, you know, um, again, like, um, just acting in general and just other things like you, you, we had a short chat a few days ago um, you're a big fan of wrestling I used right? to yeah oh, I, I used to be yeah. so into wrestling like who was your like your first like favorite wrestler as a kid Undertaker like, ah which one though which version like the dead now it's bike what are, like, the- no um, <laughs> when I first started watching Undertaker so I first started watching wrestling during yeah. the Monday Night Wars oh perfect and that was going on yeah so as a kid I was three years old I remember flipping <clears> through the channels and I see these men slamming each other in the <laughs> ring I'm like what's going on then I flipped to the other channel on TNT and WCW see the NWO doing their thing like the two like, what is this so Undertaker was you know like in this whole like mystery of darkness phase uh, yeah. DX was doing their like, thing the, the cross chopping oh, yeah. stuff yeah as a kid I'm like 
this is amazing. I was hooked. I watched wrestling for about, I'd say, 10 years. Yeah. I stopped watching by 2007. Oh. But for 10 years, I was in it. And that was all about that Monday night. Yeah. And a lot of my friends like watching would watch football. Yeah. And I was like, no, Monday night's wrestling. No football. <laughs> Like, what about you? Like, did you ever, like, have any experiences with wrestling? No, no gosh, no. Really. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> no, not even close. You know, one of my dear friends is uh, John Morrison. Oh, oh John Morrison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. Uh, another perk from Batman Sun. Exactly. Wow. I got to meet John Morrison. Mm-hmm. And whenever I, whenever I see John Morrison in our gym, yeah. I go up to him and I say hi. And he's, he remembers that. He says hello. We have a great conversation. He's a good guy. I was blessed enough to attend his wedding, which he just had his uh, his one year anniversary not too long. Ago. Yeah, with uh, Taya Valkyrie, right? Good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. He knows his stuff. Yeah, I was um, Impact Wrestling, man. Mm-hmm. You should be there the one time in the audience. That'd be so cool. Oh, go so watch. Yeah, that'd be, sure. so that'd be cool, a lot man. of fun. That would be easy. Yeah, uh, really. Yeah, I'm the one that introduced John to Baptist Son. Oh, nice. I um, I directed a episode of some interview show. Yeah. that he was on. And um, I didn't know him from wrestling. Yeah, he just yeah. seemed like a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. And like two or three days later, I saw him in the gym, old gym, North Hollywood. Yeah. I'm like, hey, John. And uh, and then I would see him periodically. We worked out a couple times. <clears throat> I just thought, so, God, what a nice guy. I mean, he is genuinely one of the sweetest people that I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And with, without a doubt, the most athletic. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. God, his moonsaults are crazy. He's insane. Oh, he's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Like, have you seen his wrestling? Like, it's, it's, oh yeah, of it's course. Like crazy, of course. Yeah. the things he does. Ugh. He was one of my favorites yeah. before I stopped watching. Then I don't yeah. know why WWE let him go because yeah. he was he was, a, he was one of the best. Yeah, and I think his wife uh, Taya, she's in um, Impact right now, Impact Wrestling. Yeah, she works at Impact like, as well. Yeah, it's like it's like so it's like the goals in North Hollywood. Now that let's talk about the goals in North Hollywood. <laughs> this is like the oh, the meeting point of like almost every actor, no matter what part of the industry, like production. I've seen, I've seen Dr. Dre there. Oh. I've seen Tim Allen there. I've seen Gary Coleman, Coleman there. I've seen Rob there. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Coleman. He was from Dodgeball. Gary Cole. Gary Cole? Yeah, Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Oh, my bad. Gary, Gary Harvey Birdman. Harvey Birdman, right? Yeah. Like, I saw Gary Cole. Cole. Yeah. Gary Cole. Um, <laughs> yeah. Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. Oh, uh, Catwoman. Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. Uh, James Spader. Uh, Rick, uh, what's that guy who runs that uh, big channel? Ray Drayson. The wrestling channel? Yeah, Ray Drayson. Yeah. Oh, man. He was a huge bodybuilder um, and wrestler in the 70s. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. And the great thing about that gym is everyone there is in the industry. No one really, no one really bothers anyone else. But... They just talk freely. Oh, life. Mm-hmm. it's it's just great. There's no ego, and it's a strong sense of family. Yeah, I remember I was living two towns over when I discovered that gym, <clears throat> and I canceled my membership. And I was going to LA Fitness at the time. Okay, canceled my membership because I'm like, this gym, I'm gonna grow. <laughs> and I, I was like, something's gonna happen in this gym. It's gonna be great. It's interesting because when you do make a make a decision like that, that can change your life. And it's a small decision. I'm gonna go from this gym to this gym, and even something as small as um, you and I meeting mm-hmm. leads you to the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. So the decision that you made to change gyms brought you to the Philippines and you had <laughs> met, you know, thousands of people here. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, where would I be right now if I wasn't in the Philippines? Yeah. I wouldn't have even gone to the Philippines if again I didn't take that step into switching gyms yeah. and so introducing myself to Kevin, which I was very nervous <clears throat> by the way. So I'm like well, as you should have been. Oh yeah. Well yeah. also because kind like, of a big deal. Oh, a huge deal. I, mean, I was nervous too when I first met him. Oh, yeah. But also, it's in a gym. So I'm like, so I wanted to wait till he was done working. Yeah. But not in the middle of his work. I'm like, hey, hey, Kevin. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, one one thing that, that happened, he took my class 
And it's all about seizing the opportunity and yeah. preparing yourself when that opportunity comes. Always staying prepared because you mm-hmm. don't know when it will present itself. You can go out there and sometimes create opportunities, um, but most of the time the opportunities will come your way by by just dumb luck. Mm-hmm. And we're, sh- we're about to um, shoot Joker versus Negan. Oh, I was very excited about nice. that because I think that Negan character is a wonderful character. And I'd done a lot of research, and I, I purposely stayed away from the series. Yeah. But I went back to the source material. You always have to trace it back <clears> to the source material, because if you go back to other interpretations of a specific character, then you find yourself doing their interpretation. Oh. So I stayed away from, <clears throat> from the, the television show, and I just focused on the source material. And I come into class one day, and um, actually, no, it was a text. And I sent a long group text out to my acting class. Yeah. At the time, it was maybe 12 people. And I said, um, hey, guys, have a superpower beatdown coming up, episode Joker versus Negan. They're looking for uh, volunteers for grips. It would be a great opportunity for you to get your feet wet, learn some really, um, really interesting things, and meet some really cool people. I got two responses. One was from one gentleman that said, uh, I'll pass thanks Mm-hmm. which I was insulted by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other was, absolutely, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And that was just nice. And that's the thing, in our industry, people don't realize, because I'm sure what most of the class saw was volunteer. Yeah. And 12-hour days. Oh. And that, I mean, they're like, no, if I'm working a 12-hour day, I want to get paid. What I saw was a chance to meet Bat in the Sun, mm-hmm. to meet Aaron and Sean, people that, and again, I started as a fan. Mm. So when I saw that, I'm like, this is a chance to meet these guys who I've watched and looked up to for so long. So I didn't even care about volunteering. I didn't care if I, I, I didn't care if I ate that day. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be on set helping them, creating something beautiful that's going to last forever. So of course, I immediately said, I'm in. I don't care. I don't care if we're working 10, 12, 15, 24 hours. Like, I want to do this. I wanna, if I can help you guys in any way, I'm in. Mm. That first day that we worked, we worked... Um, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was 19 hours. It Whoa. was from the time we got 19 there. 19 hours. <laughs> yeah. See. We got there. We got in at 11. Uh-huh. And we were, six. we were in the car driving home at 6 a.m. Oh the following God. day. Yeah. So we got in 11 in the morning and we were driving home at 6 in the morning. Yes. I saw, wow. the, I saw the sunrise. And it was shot downtown in yeah. the area of Skid Row. It was a oh really bad God, area. So all of the elements that were taken out of you were taken out of you. Oh, and man. it's not that we were sitting around playing poker. Yeah. For 19 hours, we're fighting, mm-hmm. fighting, oh. fighting, 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 and um, Joe was right there. Mm-hmm. Joe was right yeah. there, and, then, and mm-hmm. there so, were points mm-hmm. when, let's say, two, three, four in the morning, in between setups, I'm in a chair right there asleep, oh, and they're like, "Okay, uh, Joe, go wake up." up. <laughs> and Joe's like, "Mr. Porter." <laughs> Mr. Porter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, "Okay, let's go." I'm like, "All right, I'm like, I'm Kevin." Uh, yeah, they're ready. Right. He's like, "Okay, let's go. Let's do it." All you have is your ability to to be happy mm. and have a great attitude because what you're doing will last forever. Yeah. And I say it bounces around in perpetuity. So why wouldn't you suck it up for a few hours, have a great attitude for a few hours because what you're shooting will last forever. True. Once it's out there, you don't get it back. Mm-hmm. And it's well worth the sacrifice. So Joe's there for 19 hours, killing it, popping around like a puppy, so productive. Whenever we needed energy, there was there Joe with his blue eyes and a smile. <laughs> and the guys came to me and they're like, what's, what's the deal with this Joe guy? Yeah. I said, he's just great. He's just a great guy. And they're like, is he always like this? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I think that we found our, and 
we uh, they promoted him uh -huh. to uh, to another level, and he wasn't expected to get paid. No, mm -hmm. but then um, they came to you like the second. They came. Day. They came to me on like yeah the second day. Oh wow! And Sean is on Sean's like Joe. You know we're gonna pay you. I'm like, what you are? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. I was just thrilled again to be a part of the process. Yeah. And I remember on that 19 hour day again we got there at 11 in the morning. Oh man! It was midnight. And I remember oh, I'm like. We're not close to being done. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a chance to prove myself. Yeah. Like, I only have one chance to show these guys that I can go the di I can go the distance or that I'll be just like everyone else and start to show signs of weakness, be tired, start to complain. But I'm like, no. I'm like, Aaron's in Joker makeup directing because he's also acting in it uh -huh. too. Sean's there listening for every take. Kevin is fighting for hours throughout the oh, night. Man. And I'm like, I'm like, I can do this. I'm like, no, I got to show these guys I can go the distance. I got this. And then sure enough, I heard back up. It was like 12. I got another jolt of energy. Yeah. Nothing stopped me. It's one of my favorite episodes because of the memories. Everything, every time that you do an episode, um, that to me is like, it's like a yearbook. It's like an annual yeah. of the experience. It's a collective um, video of the time that you had, the people that you worked with yeah. and the experience that you had. So that experience was so positive. Mm -hmm. And the DP was a gentleman by the name of Mari Covington, who I've known for 10, 12 years, that I brought into Bat and the Sun as well. And so I'm here, blessed to work with Aaron and Sean, yeah. my dearest friends I've known for 16 years. This this new light in my life, Joe Barra, and then also Mari Covington Jr. that I brought in. And so whenever I watch it now, I think of those times, and Tatiana was great as well. And I think about those nights, and I think about us sucking it up, I think about us having fun, I think about me hitting my head on that big old, oh, that big old pipe. Wow. Blue. I remember that. There's a slow hanging pipe on the walking like it. Blues, it, happens, it happens all the time. Uh -huh. I, it just happens here. Oh. I hit my head on everything. But it's one of my favorite beatdowns because, I, I'm going to be honest, they, they're not all pleasant. Mm. And this one, I'm not going to say it was pleasant because it wasn't, but it was positive. Oh. It was positive and productive and happy. And that's the thing, and something that you realize, that I realize, remember it was 2 in the morning, um, they're getting set up for the next shot, Kevin's laying on the ground because yeah. Aaron's choking him, <laughs> and I'm looking around, and I'm like, wow, we're making something beautiful, I'm like, I'm here, I'm in this moment, nice, nice. beat down, <laughs> and it just sunk in, I'm like, oh, and then Aaron's like, Joe, we need this, I'm like, okay, I'm here, <laughs> and Aaron's all business, oh yeah, yeah. Aaron's all business. Um, Sean's all business, but Sean, Aaron, Aaron's father, the dynamic between the two is so productive and so beautiful. Yeah. It makes you wish that every father and son team were like that. And uh, Sean and I, I'm equally close to both. Yeah. But Sean and I sometimes will go off on a tangent <laughs> and we'll start singing or we'll just start talking about <clears> something. <throat> and Aaron's got everything in his head and he's just hammering away at things and he's ready to move on. Mm. And, um, and, Sean and I are there singing Elton John songs. I, I remember that. I was on set with them. I was getting ready for stuff, and I hear singing. I'm like, what's going on? Going the next time I see Kevin dressed as Ian and Sean. They're just looking at each other and singing the song. And I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a normal thing, I guess. Cool. Yeah, and Aaron was on news. Because he brought it up later. He brought it up like eight hours later, ten hours later. And we're like running behind. He's like, well, if, you don't spend, um, if you're not spending all your time singing, we're going to be setting up shots. Like, what's your favorite Elton John song that's great you know what's funny is um, uh, I like I, I'm gonna go I, I like Nikita mm -hmm. oh. no one knows that song oh that's very familiar. Familiar. yeah I, I like my number one song is I guess that's why they call it the blues mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Do you know that? Not very. It's, well, it's, it's, it's not one of his cliche yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. But it's very eighties. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. That's oh, not word. You know that song? Yeah. It's a oh, great it's a great song. song. Yeah. And I mean, of course, cool. you've got your song, Good Bright Yellow Brick Road, Levon, Rocket Daniel, Man. Rocket Man. Yeah. But, and that's the sweet uh, pocket that you have between like 71 and 75, Pocket Out Rock, Bending the Jets. But I like to go after that. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Is like a little later, like 77, 78. Yeah. And Nikita is like 86, I would say. And because um, I'm, I'm an. I'm a child of the 80s. I came, yeah. came of age in the 80s. So that's, um, uh, I'm Still Standing, oh, which yeah, I was one. in the movie. Yeah. Um, Tiny 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 is why they call it the blues is 84. And that's when I really learned how to, how to love or what I thought was love. And I'm a, I'm a John Hughes child. So oh. I was raised watching the John Hughes the Brad Pack movies. And exactly. Yeah. And, and thinking that's how, that's how love and romance is. It's big. It's over the top. It's grand. It's, it's, um, it's sealed by big gestures, these big overtures that we make to, to our loved ones. Yes. Like John Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, we always look for our say anything <clears throat> moment. We always oh. look for our bre- breakfast club at yeah. the end, just raising of our fist. And um, <laughs> the city, the city of Los Angeles is such an amazing city because um, the people that you end up making friends with were your heroes growing up. Oh. Um, Judd uh, John Nelson. Oh my God, Hot Rod! Yeah, Hot Rod. He's someone I've also met too because oh of my, my connection God. at my birthday party. Yes, cool. which was at my apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, um, like, so I, I Transformers. Crazy. Yeah. I know Judd through um, through Casper. Oh. And got to be good friends with him, and, and he came to my birthday party, which is just humbling. He gave this amazing book and wrote this wonderful card, and I'm like Bender, but I can never say that. And you have to walk the fine line between being a fan. And, uh, and being a friend. Oh. And you have to not really pretend like it, that, that never existed. Yeah. Because that's, it's not, I don't think it's realistic because mm-hmm. it's, large, it's a large part of his life. It's a large part of, of the culture that he was in Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Casper and he was in um, Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. But I'd never seen it. And he, um, I've known Casper for many years. And he just found out that I'd never seen Starship Troopers like oh a year ago. Oh wow! Yeah, and he would always give me a hard time about that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I've always, I, I mean, I knew the name Casper Van Dien, but I didn't know what he did. I, I knew that he was in a Tarzan movie, and I, I definitely have heard of Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. But I've never seen it. But um, when we went in to shoot uh, Salvage Marines, we were in Louisiana, <clears throat> and it was me, and it was Jimmy, and it was Aaron. And it was Ashley, and it was Joe, and um, it was Sean, and it was uh, Eddie. And there was so many great people that we've worked together so many times. And Sean Piccinino was the director, and he brought all of these incredible people together. Casper um, uh, gave me Starship Troopers, and he said, you should watch this. <laughs> because to tell you the truth, it does harken back. Salvage Marines does go back a lot to, um, to Starship Troopers. On his style, yeah, and um, and there's commentary. There's a lot of social commentary mm. in Salvage Marine. So I did. I saw it like a week before we searched. We did. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like it? It was good. It was really. Mm. It was, I expected it to be good. It can't be. It can't be garbage and have such a big following. Yeah. Because we're no matter what, we, and I go out a lot with Casper and Jenny. Where we go, you'll always find um, a Starship Troopers fan. Mm. I see. Then like, okay, since we're talking about like you know sci-fi stuff and like more geek stuff. So you did mention that you did read like comics for for research, right? Like, what are the comics that you are a fan of right now? Like, if you're reading any, none, none, honestly, because mm-hmm. the problem with, with that 
is when I was when I was being raised, an issue would begin and end with an issue. Oh, if you had a continuation, it would be two issues, three issues max. Yeah. A crossover was a very rare thing, mm -hmm. if it ever happened, uh, because you wouldn't you would never have that type of continuity. So there are no crossovers. Yeah. You could go to a rack at a Seven Eleven. Yeah. Because now I don't even know where you would buy comic books, but you would go to a Seven Eleven. You would grab a comic book off the rack blindly. Mm -hmm. You didn't even need to read an issue before or an issue after, and you would get caught up to speed. Now, if I were to go buy a Spider-Man comic. I would have to do research to catch up to that one oh, issue. Oh, yeah, that's true. And same yeah. thing with a Batman comic. I think it's worse with Marvel. Uh, DC, not as bad. And again, a lot of that has to do with, with Disney. Mm -hmm. and Disney knows how to be successful. And Disney is very corporate. And Disney is a they're King Kong. Yeah. They're a machine. And um, why, buy, why sell one comic when you can sell 28 comics a <laughs> You have to buy 28 to follow this one storyline. Oh, that's true. And it's the same thing with the movies. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on the movies, those movies quickly. Um, Martin Scorsese came out recently yeah. against the Marvel movies. I mean, he wasn't really against them, but he, to me, he was calling it like it is. Yeah. To me. Yeah, pretty much. And um, he was saying that they're less cinema and more theme park rides. Yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. Because exactly. we don't go into... Spider-Man Far From Home expecting cinema. We're not going to get Godfather, Goodfellas out of it. Mm. We're going to get a theme park ride. We're yeah. going to get um, a bag full of M&Ms, which are colorful and they taste good, but they're not going to, they're not going to fill us up mm -hmm. and they won't sustain us. Yeah. Hopefully they won't sustain yeah. us. Otherwise, <laughs> then you, you can live on eating cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. And to me, I've had enough. I think they're top-heavy. I think they're bloated. I think that they're just throwing uh, flashlights and colors and sparklers and graffiti at people, and they're they're shining up that pig and, and, and calling it a beauty. I uh, Joker to me, yeah, is shifting that mindset. Mm. Hopefully, mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I saw Far From Home with um, with Joe, and we saw it at the Grom's Chinese Theater. Oh, so yeah. that's giving every movie as good of a chance of enjoyment mm. as you ever can because. That is the single greatest movie movie experience you could ever have. It is. And I wish, I hope that you can someday come to Los Angeles, yeah. stay with us. We we'll will take, take you there. To the <laughs> Chinese Theater. It's the best movie watching yeah. experience you will yeah. have. Yeah. So I'm watching it, and I'm wondering who's buying this, and I'm oh. I'm wondering why. And it's literally, it's just like the Selena Kyle quote to Bruce Wayne in Dark Knight Rises. You know, you, you know, how in the world do you think that you can have so much? It's so large when so so few have so little, and it's at, at the ballroom. How how can they get so bloated <laughs> and get and have so little story and all effects and think that people are going to still stand in line to buy it when there's no story? And it's ludicrous and it's ridiculous. And I I liken it to uh, McDonald's. Yeah, they're colorful, <laughs> um, but you feel a little cheap after you eat it. Uh. and um, and so. I watched it, and I'm like, this is a tipping point. And there's going to be, and I knew at one point, the success of these huge superhero movies cannot, they, the bubble's going to burst. Yeah. And then it's going to move on. And then you're going to, oh, you remember the era of the superhero movies. And it's, I think it's, um, it's hubris. I think it's arrogant. I think it's cocky. I watched it, I'm like, I think this is it. I think oh. this is the tipping point. Mm -hmm. Because this, it can't get any bigger and uglier. And then I left, and I was with a couple of people, 
and I couldn't wait. Yeah. Kevin is pointing at Joe. That's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to yeah. say. I was waiting for it. And then uh, I, give it a moment. And I felt <laughs> nauseous. Yeah. And the people that I was with, they were like, wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that great? <laughs> and I said, and I'm thinking, I think our, our taste palette has been dumbed down to the point to where this is acceptable cinema. Oh, okay. And it's not acceptable, and I want more out of it. And just when I was about to give up, then Todd Phillips delivers us Joker. Yeah. And I see the hope, I see the future, and less is more, the future is less, the future is story, the future is caring, yeah. the future is taking your time and not trying to cram 82 villains into one film. Yeah. And here, the hero was the villain. Yeah. It was, and that's just life. And that's what makes things relatable. And I, I talked to Aaron and Sean about this a lot. And they're like, Kevin, it's not a grown-up movie. Far From Home is not a grown-up movie. And when you think of it that way, even Justice League is not a grown-up oh, movie. Yeah, when um, when you think of it that Justice way, um, I'm like, okay, I can accept that. But to say those things is insulting to the grown-ups that liked it. Um, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. And then if you then that's saying to the grown-ups that like it that you're immature that you like a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. But damn it, that's really the only way to make sense of it. Because grown-ups cannot sit there and watch that and have what they need out of life and all of their those years' experiences fed. It didn't feed me at mm-hmm. all. It would feed the little boy sitting next to me who doesn't really expect much. Mm-hmm. Joker fed me like a big old steak and a baked <laughs> potato. And um, extra gravy. And <laughs> And and chicken intestines. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that that that's my take on superhero movies as they are, and um, and like Superman, you go back, go back, and even watch um, Superman the movie, uh, Dick Donner Superman. Oh man. To me, it holds up because it's about stories, about caring. If you go to the balcony scene when it's Lois Lane and Superman, and this man's falling in love with her, and she doesn't understand what's happening. <laughs> And it takes its time, and that's a 22-minute scene. It's beautiful. You go back to um, 89. Um, but I think with the advent more of mocap, more of CGI, yeah. then anything is possible. And so then, it, just because it's possible, doesn't mean you, you have to do it, you have to use it. Vision to me, the vision is the most beautiful character ever created mm-hmm. in the Marvel Universe. And Aaron used to laugh at me, because I would always say my favorite character is the Vision. Yeah. And now people think they know who the Vision is because they watch um, Paul Bettany, yeah. his version, and it's terrible. Go back and read the source material from the 70s. Read oh. the source material. Because um, Ultron, Ultron created um, the Vision yeah. by resurrecting the body of the original Human Torch oh, wow. and infusing it with... Um, with Simon West, who's Wonder Man's consciousness. Wow. No one knows this. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And so he, he's Frankenstein's monster. And people don't really realize that. And all he wants to do, it's very data-like, all he wants to do is be human. Mm-hmm. And he falls in love with, with Wanda. And it, it's, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful character. But now, how they've created him now. And I do like the fact that he wasn't CGI. I do see he was practical. Yeah. I didn't, some things aren't meant to be made. You can't do the vision properly. And so when I saw the vision was going to be the Avengers, I'm like, it's not going to be, it's not going to be as it should. Mm. Either it's going to be a dude in red makeup yeah. with a weird suit, or it's going to be CGI and it's even worse. 
What's your opinion on like superheroes movies now? And so I'll tell you, like the whole MCU and Infinity Saga, that is just it's very different from you know movies like Joker yeah. and movies like The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. The Infinity Saga, though you can tell those are comic book movies. Yeah, those are big. It's a huge spectacle. It's like Kevin said. It's like a theme park ride. Yeah, you go to Disneyland because you want to experience a lot and see a lot, but at the same time you go to a movie like Joker. Yeah, and you're just at the edge of your seat or leaning back just seeing what's going to happen next because like you can't have 30 main characters in a movie without it being big yeah and that's what Endgame was mm. Endgame was huge but I liked how it ended the saga because for me and you know Kevin's absolutely right I've had enough like mm. I'm done with these big superhero spectacles and watching Far From Home made me realize that yeah because Far From Home um, the thing I didn't like about it was I didn't like what they did with Mysterio because I felt like they changed his character to me. Mysterio was a special, uh, as an actor, a yeah, special effects guy true. who got fired. We used the special effects to you know do these robberies and stuff, but in the movie, he was just another Stark guy. He was a, again, they traced Stark it back to Stark, and I'm like, uh, Stark's done. Yeah, you know. Um, but sadly, that's what those movies are. They're big, but again. Like, that era for me, like, I'm done with that. I'm like, I have the Infinity Saga. It's great. And Marvel is still going to be pumping these movies out, but I think they're going to see a huge drop. Yeah. Because me and some of my friends, we're all like, we're done. Because luckily, Endgame ended it. Yeah. You can walk away with that, and it's like, good, this is the ending of this 22-movie franchise. Oh, crazy. Which is still 20. crazy. 22. <laughs> and again, there is definitely that age gap, because I'm 26. Yeah. And for me, my friends, we started with Iron Man 1. It was mm-hmm. cool seeing it grow to the Avengers, yeah. and then Avengers 2. Of course, straight from the source material, but they have to make some compensations to translate it to live action. But still, having said that, seeing it all culminate to Endgame was great. And then Kevin's absolutely right with that Far From Home is the start of the decline. I realized, I'm like, so watching it the first time in the Chinese theater, I was like, whoa, this is so cool, this is great. After I digested it, I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It was okay at best. I loved seeing J.K. Simmons again. That was my favorite part. Oh, man, definitely. Seeing J.K. Simmons again. <laughs> and what I loved about Far From Home was the intimate moments between Peter Parker and MJ. Oh. Seeing those moments was so good because Tom Holland and Zendaya, they killed it. They're so good. Um, and then seeing Joker, I think it's going to cause a shift. Because people are seeing you can make these movies that people once viewed as, oh, it's just a comic book movie. Yeah. It's real. And you can take a movie and make it a film. And translate that into cinema. It's making me wonder, like, um, how Tom King, he's done Division, he's done Mr. Miracle. And I think his book with Mr. Miracle was about, um, can you escape death? Something like that. Some really deep stuff. And... It's crazy because I think it's going to be the the basis for like the next new gods movie, and I think that's the difference between DC and Marvel at the moment. Marvel's just following the, following this like large overarching story, and then DC's are like, you know what? Let's let the directors do their thing. Mm-hmm. Like it happened yeah. with Wonder Woman, it happened mm-hmm. with the Joker, yeah. And I think it might happen next with New Gods. It's crazy. Like these characters aren't even like that known by that many people. Like not, not at all. nobody no, knows Big Barda. Nobody no, knows like, none of them. Like Scott Free or Ryan. It's crazy. Marvel's man. doing a formula yeah. that they've proven to have worked. Yeah. But what their formula delivers is big box office, exactly big money. But I think you know after their movies come out, people aren't going to be talking about it for years to come, except for the big ones like you know Endgame. Yeah, possibly. yeah. Probably, but, you don't think so? Really? Oh. But I think with you know movies like Joker, mm. 
that's leaving its mark in history. If you look at The Dark Knight, yeah. that left its mark in history. Mm. Like, are people going to be talking about these MCU movies 10, 20, 30 years down the road? Most of them, probably not. Yeah. Like, some of them, possibly. But, like, like what do you think, Adam? I think we're going to be talking about the age of Marvel. Oh, yeah, definitely. The age of Marvel, the era of Marvel. And it cannot be sustained. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable. It's, it's getting bigger and bigger and uglier and uglier. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's like a, an Austin Powers villain that just keeps <laughs> eating and eating and eating and eating. <laughs> And then it's just bloaty, and then suddenly you're you're a caricature of of yourself. If that's what it's become, yeah. You go back to Iron Man One. Iron Man One was bad ass. Oh, was so great. much, so yeah. much. That's the one that started the whole yeah. MCU. And now it's just it's it's pretty cartoony. And um, also, what they've done, they've taken a lot of creative license. And to me, I'm a big, I'm a purist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go back to George Perez and, and his run with the Avengers and and uh, Hank Pym. Oh, Hank Pym. He was one of the key elements in Avengers. He was a founder, right? Yeah. He was a founder oh, yeah, with yes, yes, Judge. And what? And he was the inventor of Ultron, right? Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, I remember Tony that. Um, an engineer, but he was the one. Tony Stark. I'm sorry, Hank Pym created Ultron. Yeah, yeah. The age of Ultron is like really him, right? Yeah, no, it's Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. And in the movies, they made him older, but no, Hank Pym was a badass, blonde-haired, you know, stud. That was the anchor of the Avengers, and when I saw that, and then they, they kind of merged the two characters together, it just it made this this Tony Stark character much bigger than, than it was in the source material. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I mentioned earlier, I always go back to the source material. All, that's the Bible to me. Yeah, and everything else is based is they, they try to believe that it's malleable that they can bend it to fit their movies, and they do because we've got. Um, you know, non-discerning people that are watching a movie and not really caring if it's accurate to the source material and should mm-hmm. it be, should it not be. As long as they're buying tickets, then, then they win. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. But um, I'm not. I'm. I, I would be hard pressed to go to to see another Avengers movie. Yeah. And now the, another problem is, and we've all seen now that the next wave, and it's not slowing down. There's. It's not. They're doing and, four movies a year now. Yeah, which is what? great. Four and, movies a year. Oh all, my god. B characters, all former <laughs> sidekicks, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're all characters that really weren't marquee characters. Now, granted, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, marquee characters. Yeah, some would argue that Iron Man was not a marquee character, mm. but now the characters that they have that are that are headlining, like um, Shang Chi, Blade, yeah, yeah, um, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, I'm sorry, but um, Falcon. I think the only good one out of like that group was probably like Hawkeye, because like from personally, because like um I read the um, the, worst. the Matt Fraction. He's the worst. But again, like even the fact that you're yeah. saying you have he's to bring up Hawkeye. Yeah, he's Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. Today, Hawkeye yeah. was leader of the West Coast Avengers. Yeah, yeah. He wore this this god awful but wonderful purple suit. Oh, uh, like the only one in the comics. Yeah, he was the worst. <laughs> That's true. And he was the worst, and and to tell you the truth, he was even the worst um, in the Avengers. Yeah, he, he and Scarlet Witch. You had. A bow and arrow, and you had a pistol. You mean Black Widow? Oh, yeah, what did I say? Is it Scarlet Witch? Yeah, Scarlet Witch. Black Widow, thank you. Lucky, yeah, yeah. yeah. You had had Black Widow, and you had guns and bow and arrows versus these aliens. (laughs) That was my first thing, too, when I'm watching Avengers and Age of Ultron. These are two humans. They're not Batman. Yeah. They're two humans with with guns and bow and arrows, and they're putting up a fight. 
Like, that was one of the things that bothered me in Infinity War, how Black Widow is fighting Thanos' daughter yeah. on an even playing field. That's not possible. Without nerding out too much. And when people say, well, do you think that uh, that Black Widow could uh, beat up Black Cat? You know, That's um, not even fair. Yeah. Well, it, no, 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 no. The point is, um, whoever the writer wants to win, yeah. because these are people that don't exist. Yeah. They're characters that aren't real, they don't exist, True. and it all depends on who, how the writer would write them. Yeah. Could the Hulk beat Superman? Depends on the writer. Yeah, it depends on the writer. <laughs> yeah. Depends and, on what he's feeling. And, and I hate to take away the magic, because that is... Absolutely, probably the reason why I'm here are those yeah. big what ifs. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here in the Philippines. Yeah. Oh yeah, because of the big what ifs. What if Batman? And so when, um, yeah. when I'm approached <laughs> and they ask that, yeah. I do take it. I do take it seriously. I'm yeah. not as pragmatic as sitting back and go, oh, whoever the writer was. Yeah. Um, but actually, I would say whoever the uh, the voters, whoever the, <laughs> the viewers vote for. Kind of like the the question yesterday about like the Teen Titans go Robin or something. Like oh, there was yeah, yeah, all that question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. He, he I wasn't. I wasn't clear question. on that question. I heard. I heard no, which he Robin too, is the best. Yeah, no, he was, no he, what he was talking about yeah. is which incarnation of oh, Robin is okay. the best. My incarn, my best incarnation of Robin is the um, the the new Teen Titans Robin. Oh, Dick Grayson, Disco yes. Wing, yeah, yeah. yeah. My Morris yeah. is uh, is a Teen Titans go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he wasn't asking which Robin was the best. Or which, okay, uh, and so he's that a little, confusing. Yeah, yeah, it was very I, confusing. Yeah, Answer the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I answered the wrong question. You answered the wrong question with the wrong answer. With the right answer. Um, the wrong question with the right answer. Yes. Yeah. So um, someone asked, "What's your best iteration of Dick Grayson?" It's yeah. Nightwing. Yeah, it's Nightwing. Yeah, yeah. But he was asking basically how how Nightwing or Dick Grayson has been depicted in all media oh. and in, and let's say through the comics. So you, you, you go that. back. You go back to the the Bill Finger days. Yeah. And um, you go back to '66. You go back to the serials. Then you go, um, you go towards, um, let's say, the comics, and then Teen Titans, which uh, is definitely Teen Marvel Titans. And, um, and George Perez, boom again, George Perez. Yeah, again, it's crazy. Uh, George re- redefines mm-hmm. um, Dick Grayson, and and look at all the characters they created: Changeling, which is now Beast Boy, yeah, Raven, uh, Starfire, they're, 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 Cyborg, man. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they, so those many. guys all came from Marvel Wolf and George Perez. Yeah, and Teen Titans is coming back for a sixth season. They're oh finishing. my god! What the show? Yeah, the show. The oh, Teen Titans. okay. I, 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 I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen a single episode. I don't know a single person that has seen a single episode. Do you? Yeah, I've seen Teen Titans. Not go. Regular. Like the regular Teen Titans. Yeah, the one where they say F Batman. Oh, no, that no, one! Oh, yeah, Titans? yeah. No, no, with Brendan Slade. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. Teen oh, Titans. Okay, okay. Talk about the cartoon. Yeah, okay. I've never. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Do you know anyone that's ever seen a single episode? Not, I've, no. I've seen the Doom Patrol episode, but that was more of like, I like because that. of Doom Patrol, I, not I like because of the Titans. Yeah. And, and two things. Yeah. Because it's never been done before. Exactly. They are creating their own rules yeah. and I dig it. Yeah. Um, Chantel does a voice there. Oh, does she? She does. Um, there's this uh, unicorn. Um, the that unicorn up, that like, that like opens up. a hole or something yeah, to its yeah. shit or something? The voice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and it's a female voice. Mm. Yes, that's our dear friend uh, Chantal Berry. Who nice. was in Ninjak vs. the Valiant Universe. She played Roku. Nice. And that she was incredible. Um, but uh, I I put DC and Warner Brothers, and I, I basically will classify their initiative to bring their characters to life as a big dumpster fire. Uh-huh. It's a train wreck. Mm-hmm. It is a train wreck on many different levels because... 
you've got um, you've got the the feature films, you got television, yeah. you have you know four different actors playing the same character. You have so many. There's no continuity there whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's a train wreck. And That's God bless them. And I got to tell you, as long as we're lining up to eat those French fries, <laughs> they're gonna sell us French fries covered in shit, <laughs> and they're gonna say, "Wow, these are delicious." Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, so bringing back Burt Ward, and there's a part of me that's like, "Oh, this is gonna be so fun!" And let's get let's get Linda Carter, and then we can mm-hmm. get Ren Ralph, and then I'm like, "Oh my gosh, come on, let's be decisive." And maybe this way they're gonna bring it all into one. Yeah. Um, but then they need to bring they need to bring um, Ben Affleck, the DCU, oh, man. and Henry Cavill. That's no, true. Um, and then streamline everything and say this. And Crisis on Infinite Earths is what's designed to do one thing and one thing only, and that is basically yeah. to make sense of Golden Age versus Silver, Silver Age. Yes. Oh, because you had, you had all of these histories that didn't match. Yeah. And that's what happens. I'm a big believer in canon, and I stick to canon, mm-hmm. and my Peter Parker is this, and my Mary Jane is this, and that doesn't change in my heart and in my mind. Kind of like what happened with um, Wonder Girl. Uh, Donna Troy, yeah. right? Like I think she was... Um, during the Silver Age, I think Wonder Girl was supposed to be like a kid version of Diana. But for some reason, I think there was some mix-up in editing, uh-huh. editorial or something, yeah. that they thought that Wonder Girl was it's Wonder Woman's sister. sister. Yeah, yeah wow. that one. It was super weird. Yeah. Wow. And it was like... And it was funny. It's through the 70s. That's who she was. What? Um, <laughs> oh and then God. I'm like, that's who she was to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Deborah Winger played her in the series. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was so weird. Because like now Donna Troy is finally like on like Titans and it's actually pretty good. Like it's, a, it's an interesting... So you have seen Titans? Some. Some of So episodes, now I can yes. say I know someone that's seen that. Which is so <laughs> crazy because yeah, we know so many people yeah. like, in that field and so there's a lot no one, no one has seen any it. desire. Oh. And no one watches Flash anymore. None of my friends watch Flash. And I saw not seen Flash or Green Arrow. I've um, never seen Arrow, Arrow. Arrow, the first season was great and then it turned into... The problem with it turned into Smallville, and mm. now I was a huge fan of Smallville. Yeah, huge fan. They're bringing him back then. Yes. Oh yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, he's not in the suit. He's not wearing the suit. Oh man. Why? he's the one guy I wish could wear a Superman suit already. Yeah. Like of all the people. So, um, what Smallville did at probably maybe mid midway through season three is a turn into basically the X Files, Freak of the Week. Uh-huh. Every week, you would have a different villain, and the different villain would have superpowers, and the superpowers were caused by the media shower <laughs> of, you know, the great media shower of, you know, 15 years ago, or no, 20 years ago. <laughs> and um, that was a formula. And then suddenly, that's where the formula became. You had these un- unrealistic crossovers. Somebody come in? No, I think so. these unrealistic, um, crazy crossovers, and it just became... I, I liked when... When um, he got more in touch with his Krypton background, oh. he's <clears throat> speaking with um, I think Jorel, which is Terrence Stamp. Did you play um, the voice of Jorel? Not sure, I don't even know. Yeah, and Terrence Stamp was um, who played um, Zod oh. in Superman Two, which was nice. brilliant. Mm-hmm. He likes Superman Two. Such a good movie. Yeah, but um, that's how all of the DC um, television shows are now. They're a little tongue in cheek. It's kind of hard to take them seriously. They're golly gee willikers. Like the Nancy Drew Hardy Boys mysteries with mm-hmm. with super villains, yeah, um, very true. Mm-hmm. Right, so I guess we had we had like a whole hour. A whole hour. hour just went wow. by. Let's go, Kenny Rogers. Yeah, let's go. Rogers. All right, let's go. Kenny, Kenny. All right, so um, is there any 
projects we can talk about that you yeah, uh, upcoming projects right now uh, the day that i get in the next day i have um, a final fitting for the suit that i'm wearing uh for a bat in the sun film called dying is easy mm -hmm. and it's a psychological study on batman versus the joker i'm playing batman and you know sean is playing the joker oh wow and it is taking place exclusively in arkham asylum mm -hmm. where um, batman is called because the joker's dying oh and Joker has requested um, an audience with Batman. Batman goes there to speak to him. I can't go into too much more at okay. that point. But the suit is unlike any suit that has ever been seen. I'm, I'm humbled that I get to wear the suit. Uh, I've gone to five fittings so far. I've got like two or three more to go. It is being produced by uh, Reeves Effects um, out of San Diego. Under the watchful supervision of Batman's son on every single detail. Everything about the suit is original, mm -hmm. never seen before, and not replicated. One of the things that, that I'm the stickler is any suit that's made or cow that's made for me for any of the projects, I don't want it available. I don't oh. want to run into it at a con and go, oh, that's just great. That's just what I want that <laughs> I, I don't know, it makes it feel less exclusive. And mm -hmm. I want to be, I want to be obtainable personally and if somebody wants to replicate a suit yeah. that I've worn, I want to see what their artistry can bring to it. Mm -hmm. I want them to go to the same artist that we purchased it from and then, then purchase it. Um, there's, uh, there's less expression there. The suits that I was seeing yesterday, the thing that impressed me the most is, is they, were, they were all handmade. Oh, yeah. I saw a handmade, like a lot of handmade cows, and I go straight for the belt. I always look at the utility belt because to me that is... That's the coolest thing that you can do on your own. If you're creative, you go to a hardware store yeah. and start looking at cool things that could be pouches. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I saw a couple of really, really good suits. Actually, I saw a lot of really good suits. Like the Azrael one. The suits that I saw the Azrael one. Yeah. That Azrael blows that was crazy, right? right? I've never, I've never seen that done before. Yeah. That was like, he did a really good job with that. Like, of all the conventions that I've gone to for, for the past few years, nobody has ever done an Azrael. That was it. crazy. Uh, yes. He was yeah, so good. so much. The Arkham claws. The Arkham ones were so good. I remember yeah. I was walking by. He was standing so still like a statue. I almost walked Handmade. right by him. <laughs> Handmade. You remember? Crazy. Yeah, he looked like a statue. <sighs> yeah. The Azrael, um, wonderful gentleman, came up to me when he was out of the suit. Yeah. Handed me his cowl and asked if I could sign it. Yeah, yeah. It was there, like the guy, the blue, the blue one. Yeah, right? yeah. blue cowl. Yeah, it's crazy. And I was humbled. I was just humbled because I was a fan of his. And whenever I, I'm at a con, and if I see Batman, I always want to get a picture of him, especially Adam West. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gerard Cesar. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And I was just, I was a geek. I was he a, was geeking out. I was throwing myself at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could have had his way. <laughs> hmm. we'll, um, that we'll edit it out. We'll edit it out. Keep it in. I want to thank you for your hospitality. Thank you so much. No, I want to no thank problem. you for stressing out as much as you did yesterday <laughs> because you did it for our benefit. And I think that everyone, including ourselves, you're so happy at the end of the day. And I, I always know it's been a, a really good con when I'm exhausted. Yeah. Because I give so much of myself, I give so much of my heart and my energy because I love all of all of these people. Um, and I give everything that I can, I have because they deserve it. The yeah. way that the way that I deserve it when I go to a con and I'm a fan. And um, I'm a fan of them, I'm a fan of what we do. And it was I really don't say this a lot, actually ever. This is this is my favorite one. 
Ah, easily. Nice. This is so unique. So unique. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do next year. Let's do some cooler things right. next year. And we're going to bring this guy. Oh, yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much again for having me and making my first experience in the Philippines. Yes, I'm working on the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for making my first experience in the Philippines so memorable. Yeah. My first time traveling internationally. And it's going to be so hard to top. He's never been out of the country. I and he comes to the other side of the world. Oh, I know. <laughs> Going to, I've got to go extreme. Next stop, Japan. <laughs> Next stop, oh, Japan, yes. man. It's crazy. Nope. Next stop, Kenny Rogers Roasters. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, first Kenny Rogers, <laughs> then Japan. Yeah, then he Japan. Comes, he comes all the way to uh, a Pacific <laughs> Island country. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. To go to okay, the most American <laughs> country singer restaurant. To go to Kenny country. Rogers Roasters. Oh, no, we're going to TGI Fridays. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> all right, let's make it happen. All right. So, Can we uh, close this off with, um, with playing some uh, little Kenny Rogers? Yes, let's play some Kenny Rogers. Yeah, let's see. Danger let's zone. see. Let's see. Let's okay, first of all, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. Oh, oh, dang. Forget it. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> let's just, no I'm, problem. I'm hungry. Let's go. All right, let's go. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good night. All right. Once again, a huge thanks to the Batman of the internet, Kevin Porter and Joe Barra from Bat in the Sun, for taking the time to do the podcast last Sunday. I'd also like to thank Sally Kyle from the Dark Knight Philippines for bringing Kevin and Joe to the country. Without her, this event probably would not have happened. You can find us at The Geeky Ones, that's J-U-A-N-S, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and Discord. Yeah, we've got a lot of things down. For our podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and whatever podcast platform you choose from. Subscribe to our podcast, give us a rating, and don't forget to share. We'll see you next time for more of The Geeky Ones.